This podcast is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton. You're listening to a Business Radio special presentation of Dollars and Change from Philadelphia at the annual CEO Connection Mid-Market Convention. Here again are Cheryl Coleman and Sandy Hunt. And hi, I'm Cheryl Coleman. And I'm Sandy Hunt. And we're here with Adam Warby, who's CEO of Avanade. Welcome. Hi, great to be here. So you flew into Philadelphia, not usually based here, right? Yeah, no, I was actually in Seattle. We're uh, a, a business, a joint venture between Microsoft and Accenture, so I'm in Seattle often, so came across country, and I'm heading back to the UK uh, tomorrow. Immediately. So yeah. tell Tell us for the uh, our listeners who may not know, what, what does Avanade do? Who is this Avanade business? Yes. Yeah, well, we're a, a global technology, digital technology business. Uh, so anything from consulting to help run people's systems. And because we're a joint venture with Microsoft, we center that on the Microsoft ecosystem. So, uh, you know, everything from deploying Office 365, which people would have heard, to helping build websites and all sorts of stuff like that. And so you're doing a, a globally in this kind of work? Yeah, yeah, 22 countries around the world. Oh, wow. Uh, so it's a, it's, a, it's a fun business. A lot of travel for you? It is. I probably travel more than half my time. Whoa, yeah, yeah. whoa, whoa. But uh, like to get home. <laughs> <laughs> we'll wrap up now then. <laughs> Thanks for stopping by, Adam. Um, no, but I'm curious, you know, when you have these companies that have tools as their asset, like technology... It can be applied in a number of ways, right? So when it comes to social impact, there's a less clear path to impact than we make coffee. It's about the coffee farmers. You know, you could apply technology in, you know, a huge, you know, number of of, uh, capacities for positive social impact. And you seem to have, you know, had this focus on STEM. Yeah. as sort of the core. Why'd you pick that focus? How did you guys get there? And what does it look like in practice? Yeah, well, we are a technology company yeah. and, and, you know, we rely on skills and, and the skills and capability of our people and also in our clients as mm-hmm. well. So I think, um, you know, it, especially in this world we are now where digital technology is disrupting everything, the premium on people understanding skills. So our real mission is actually about getting women into technology and uh, we'll, we'll talk more about mm-hmm. that. But, um, you know, there just aren't enough people and, uh, you know, we want to represent the world as it is. And, uh, you know, it's interesting. We've got a business in India where the entry level 50-50. By the time you get to leadership, it's all dropped off. So there's still a lot of issues. It's not so different than other places in the world. A little more extreme, but not not so much, right? Um, So tell us what, you know, where you're... You know, where you're attacking this problem. Is it getting STEM into kindergarten classrooms? Is it college access? Is it all of them? How are you sort of saying yeah, this is where we're going to make our difference? Yeah, it's a, it's a, a variety of things. I mean, I, I like to think that we're sort of starting at the top, you know, modeling behavior. So mm-hmm. I actually, you know, from just a pure diversity perspective and hiring in Avanade, we've, mm-hmm. you know, we started with no people in my leadership team when I no women in my leadership team when I uh, started uh, CEO I'm now up to 40% uh, but it's a a way and then on the hiring side on the base hiring level we're now up to 25% of people recruited last year were women so that's you know just Avanade representing a better profile is one way yeah and can I ask a quick follow-up question there what changed to create that change what did you do to create you know to create that shift because this is where it sort of gets into that like tricky and confusing hr place where 
yeah, it sounds great. Diversity yeah. in the workforce. But, right. you know, I get resumes. Am I looking for the best resume? Am I looking for a woman? Like, that's tricky yeah. business. So what did you do to help make those shifts? Two or three things. I mean, first, role models, very important mm-hmm. for me. So it was actually starting with some, you know, hiring some great people and helping them be successful, some women leaders. Uh, we set a goal across my entire leadership group, uh, the top leadership group, about uh, women in leadership to, to underpin that. And we've monitored that year by year. We actually set a range, not a specific mm, goal, right. so that, that if we didn't hit the specific sure, goal, yeah. it wasn't a failure. Yep. Right? If we kind of made <laughs> progress, you know, people could feel success. You're in tech. Isn't failing uh, <laughs> in tech supposed to be like where it's well, at? Well, fail fast. <laughs> yeah. and, then, and the final thing was the uh, candidate slating guidelines mm-hmm. so that we would say we had to have yep. a woman on the slate. And if we didn't, you know, somebody would have to explain why. Yep. Good, good, cool. Okay, so that was point one, and then I, I asked a second yeah. question. Yeah, so what's the next a, you point? You asked multiple questions. <laughs> Are you surprised, Cheryl? <laughs> <Yeah>. No. <laughs> well, some other things. Uh, you know, you talked about uh, college, mm-hmm. and we have uh, started. We had in, in our 15th year, we're now 17 years old. We started the business in 2000. Uh, we st- had this 15 in 15 program where we uh, sponsored 15 young women who would not have an opportunity to get to college to go to college around the- and we picked universities around the world uh, and we committed a five years. I think that's the other thing about, um, you know, a challenge like diversity. Mm-hmm. You're not going to solve this in one or two right. or three yep. years. You yep. have the sustained effort, the commitment over mm-hmm. sustained years. So uh, we're now up to... Remember how many? I think forty-five students now, sort of in the program, wow. and we bring them every year as the sort of destination, sort of uh, graduation ceremony from our sort of commitment to, to our annual uh, technology and innovation summit. Oh. So we actually get to sort of mentor them and get them connected with the company, and hopefully some of them will end up working for Avanard in the I was future. Say, yeah. Help them to see what what their future could be and how yeah. interesting yeah, a group yeah. you are. Yeah. So we've had you know University of Pretoria, University of Beijing here in the US. Uh, uh, Cal Poly. So we've you know picked out some different schools uh, than you know maybe the the standard ones that might people might think. That's great. And how do you select the students? Uh, or do you let the school often by a competition in the school? Very uh, it's cool. Pretty, it is pretty competitive. That's yeah. neat. That's great. Yeah, that's uh, that's really interesting because yeah, I think one of the there's so many challenges they point out, but I think that part of what people are recognizing is if you if you make an effort you have a better chance of making it succeed, right? You need to sort of start start earlier, make it visible that this is important to you, demonstrate that here are the things that we're doing to try to make this work. And that, that kind of ends up, I, with any luck, countering mm, the, the kind of negative Silicon Valley culture that you hear so much about. Yes. Um, I mean, I think this idea of, uh, you know, it's easy to be cynical about these things, I suppose, is another way of... You know, putting your point, and uh, it, it's sort of between, you know, there's a degree of seriousness to the topic as well. So people, I think the employees need to see we're serious about it, and then it's getting a wide front. So you know, we've another other things we've done is you know we we partner with external uh, organisations like Junior Achievement. I'm on the Junior Achievement mm-hmm. Board in Europe. Uh, we have a mentoring program for women with the Aspire Foundation. So I think having a series of things that people can get engaged in. Mm-hmm. So so people don't say, well, 
I don't hire women leaders, so I'm not involved, mm -hmm. right? So how do you get involved? Mm -hmm, how right. do you make a difference, yeah? Uh, I, yeah, okay, so, it, it, so you can push it down through the company in exactly. a variety of ways. Yeah, so I think you need to uh, approach it on a, on a sustained way on a broad front. And do you see all these um, initiatives and, and efforts and diversifying your workforce, in, improving your bottom line, improving, improving company performance? Well, you know, the data suggests it does. You know, there have been lots of studies that says it does. And, you know, I would say the first thing is our clients expect it. Yeah. You know, if you mm. turn up with a, a, a team that just is <laughs> full of white middle-aged males, you know, it's not going to look that good. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then, they, you know, we want diversity of thinking, especially in this digital world. You mm -hmm. know, diversity, not just gender either. Right. Uh, so I think, you know, that's the first and foremost, my first and foremost message is that, you know, it's access to talent. And we want to represent the world that we live in and the clients we work with. Mm -hmm. it's, it's as simple as that. It's very, and that, that's a bottom line business case. Yeah. Well, I like what you're doing. Is it's sort of just, it's not simply access to talent. You're, you're helping to create the talent. Yeah. You're sort of saying, look, you know, you, you, can't, just, you, you can't just expect to go out there and, and have, after years of nothing in terms of training, have these people ready to, to come on. So if mm -hmm. you can start the, the training and culturing and, and making it clear that this is a real opportunity and they're interesting and... Um, really challenging work to be done. Yes. You want people to look at it. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, we're a business and we're in business to make money. I think you don't need to be apologetic about that. But mm -hmm. this, this, this subject here is how do you use that focus on money to, to do some different things other than just impact you know and I think it's I, the other switch is to your clients how does what we do impact our clients um, one of the projects for instance uh, we've helped Aid Matrix develop uh, a new system to re respond to disaster relief and you know this would have been very relevant mm -hmm. in the in the recent uh, you know uh, uh, hurricanes and all of uh, all yes, of that yeah. so um you know, that's been, and I hear certainly our team, you know, wanting to work on those sort of projects. So um, it's also the impact that you can get through the work that you do. Well, and I think that's sometimes what we hear from um, different uh, businesses that are working on social impact projects or with nonprofits is because the business model for nonprofits are different, because the needs are different, it kind of pushes innovation and creativity in a different way. You know, so yeah. you may be mm -hmm. testing your, your product, applying it to a different situation and recognizing, oh, it could have impact for in, mm -hmm. in different areas that are more business related. So I think there's, there's a push to think about these as not just um, being nice to somebody who needs it, but how do we push our innovation and creativity as we address this problem? Well, I, I do think, I mean, in the not-for-profit sector, the, I think the trend to doing sustainable things and not just mm -hmm. giving for giving sake yep. is, is a really critical one. And, and that's where I think the connection between business and, and the not-for-profit world, we can really help by bringing that experience of uh, business cases or, you know, how do you create systems that, that make an impact mm -hmm. on, on your business that really sort of help move things forward. Well, Tony, we're running out of yeah. uh, sorry, Adam, we're <laughs> running out of time. It's going pretty quickly. But um, when you're thinking about Avanad and, and your work, what bit of advice would you give other CEOs when they're thinking about how they can make their business um, more impactful in the world? Yeah. I mean, the first thing uh, from my perspective when, you know, it was actually coming up to our 15th anniversary that we, you know, I said, look, we've really got to have a more, so it was a couple of years ahead of that, you know, have a clear mission around what you're about. And uh, we had a lot of good 
local efforts, and I didn't want to stifle those. Mm-hmm. They were great. You, know, every, uh, you want to have people involved in their local community, but we want to have an overarching program as well. So that's where we created the mission of closing the the uh, equality, gender equality gap uh, for, for women in, in you know with technology and and income. So that a mission first, and then this uh, this point around having. Uh, a set of values. Uh, we actually repackaged our values in, in in the year 2015, and one of them, uh, they all begin with we. Actually, it's a, it's, you know, we change things for the better, and the idea was not for that to be just about what we do for our clients because we want to end of with course, things yeah, that our yeah, clients yeah. be better than when we started, but also for the. Uh, the, the society we live mm-hmm. in and for for the communities we live in, and I think having a, a clear value and then people really start to connect with those mm-hmm. things and examples come up yeah. and then you know after that it's uh, it's rallying behind certain creative ideas and a bit of money to put the put those ideas into action and uh, you know the energy flows great well thank you so much that's right. great we've been talking with adam warby ceo of avanad and now we'll be talking to raj mamodia who's the founder and ceo of brilio welcome Hello. How are you? Very good. Thank Thanks you. We're closing out our show. It's been a good one. It's a nice high bar. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so let's start and have you tell us a little bit about what Brilio is and does. So Brilio is a technology services company that uses disruption in technology at the forefront to help its customers compete better. So you hear digital transformation everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, we make it happen for our customers. Excellent. Can you tell us, what does that look like in practice? What's a, an example? So example would be, you know, you are a retailer and you want to make sure that your customers experience uh, your products, mm-hmm. uh, their experience dealing with you, doing business with you um, is very convenient. They love it, mm-hmm. right? And you want to use technology for driving that. Um, really can help you understand what your customers like really can help you understand you know what they might like you know that you don't have not thought through and also then you know help you target uh, uh, better you know render your products and services better and make it really convenient for them excellent Um, well so so the the company is three years old is that right uh, a little over three a little over three years old now so uh, from the very beginning, there's been this social impact focus around an effort called Bringing Smiles, which is great. You know, we always love to see organizations that have this sort of, you know, as a part of a tenant of their work from day one. Right. Why was it so important to you to sort of make this a part of things in the very beginning? Especially a, a, like a tech company. You know, yeah. Tech company and smiles, you're kind of going. <laughs> yeah, no, I think, um, look, um, for, for, for Brilio, what was important was uh, to find a purpose that was bigger than, you know, making money. Mm-hmm. And uh, so when we were laying out our foundation, right, um, I was uh, very clear that, you know, it has to be a part of character building in the company. So what is it that we all can relate to? And I think many of us came from uh, a very underprivileged background, um, and we felt like you know there are two things that are true in our environment. One, uh, the divide in the world, particularly around how kids are given opportunity across the world, is only growing. It's not you know though the economies are you know progressing well, etc. But it's, it's growing. And then second, I think our focus was all on digital. So we said, look, if there is a way for us to bring the problem 
and the solution together, mm-hmm. I think we could be all over it, right? So we said, well, can we use then the disruption in technology? We call it digital. Right? Can we use that to help bridge this gap, you know, for underprivileged mm-hmm. kids? And many of us actually got inspired and we said, look, you know, we are looking for a purpose that is bigger than uh, making money. We want to not only build a good business, we want to build a great company. And that's how we adopted it. And, you know, it's been a smashing hit inside the firm. So talk to us about some of the, the details and concrete examples about this, because I, I do love that, that sense of you saying, we got the problem, we got the technology, let's apply it. But how, what does it mean in practice? Yes, I think, um, you know, before I go in there, uh, this is sort of really, you know, um, based on this deep recognition of the problem, right? So what do kids actually face, right? So look, I mean, there are many people who are trying to solve a bunch of different problems, Absolutely. you know, in the underprivileged schools, you know, and I, you know, commend all of them, right? But there's one area where the new technology, right, actually can come in and help these kids get inspired very differently. What's possible? How do they go about their lives? How do they become better human beings? How do they mm-hmm. become better consumers? Um, you know, what possibilities there are for them, etc. right? And of course, you know, that's the, so the first thing is, well, how do you open the aperture, you know, up for them? So, um, you know, uh, for the kids, so we um, we sort of, you know, um, interact with about 41 schools right now. You know, we have touched about 13,000 kids, right? Many of these schools have no infrastructure whatsoever, mm-hmm. right, to tell kids what's happening around the world. Many of these kids are actually, you know, in remote places. They have no access to, you know, we talk about, you know, augmented reality, virtual reality, you know, and the kids sitting in Santa Clara, in yes. Bay Area, you know, here in Philadelphia have a lot of access to phones, etc., etc., right? But those kids don't have anything. So when you look at that and say, well, let me first sort of start helping with the upper, opening the aperture up a little bit, mm-hmm. right? Help these kids understand, help these teachers understand, well, what is the world doing, you know, what's happening and mm-hmm. so on and so forth, right? And then can I involve the brilliant employees, right? So our idea was to build a culture and not do charity, frankly. I, mean, I think... Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's, and we agree with that. Right, right. Yeah. So, so we said, look, you know, can we bring, can we have all of our employees now participate in, in such a way that once the aperture is open, once there is a demand for, mm-hmm. hey, I want to learn more about that, I want to learn more about this, then you oh. sort of start, you know, um, uh, taking them through that journey, right? So, um, so, so we you use, open the door and then your employees can help educate. Absolutely, right. Yeah. So, so I think that's really the model that mm-hmm. we adopted. And, uh, um, we also bring kids, you know, into our, our offices, right? So we do a digital day, you know. So they they come and see what's happening, you know, what the world actually is dealing with in America or, you know, and you know, for kids here in the U.S., we are also in seven cities here in the U.S. Great. Um, and, you know, yeah, so it's, it's been really phenomenal. Yeah. How do the needs differ when, when you're talking about more emerging markets versus work in the U.S.? Yes, I think uh, the baseline is radically different, okay. right? And so the and you're needs, saying baseline education, access yeah, to you know, phones. Yeah, what, what kids understand. Yeah. So, you know, okay. there is a digital divide and there is a philosophical divide even in the underprivileged kids in the U.S. and the underprivileged kids, for example, mm-hmm. you know, in some part of India, sure. right? So when you look at that and say, well, in case of U.S., for example, kids here uh, 
because they don't have the family background or the connections etc want to learn you know well what can i do right if i am a technologist mm. what are my possibilities where can i go what can i do you know what careers i can choose do i need to be a programmer all the time mm-hmm. or i can actually go do something else designer etc so that i think is a different problem so you have to inspire them differently so i'm on the board of citizen school i just came on the board oh, of citizen great. school it's a great group yep. right and um, uh, and i think i'm learning frankly you know mm-hmm. right now that the problems are very different here right when you go mm-hmm. to uh, you know a, a underprivileged you know group of kids you know uh, let's say um, in in india you will see that their understanding in itself of uh, of this world actually is uh, is at a very different level Wow. So what are the possibilities mm-hmm. right what technology you know mobile phones you know they don't understand what cloud so they're not is, asking do i have to be a programmer can yeah. i be a designer they they're don't saying, even recognize do it. i yeah you know, you know, what so, could i be right and so for there for example you want to sort of bring the the basic levels of you know these kids up you know in science in math you know so you are not teaching them marketing you're not teaching them design etc right you know whereas you know we more, do that in in case yeah, of let's yeah. say san jose this is more academic basic needs, right so you're, you're you trying to bring them up so that they can understand you know all of this you know all of this phenomena mm-hmm. better yeah no and i think it's it's just um a a great opportunity because i think that a lot of this you know it's it's not a lack of uh intelligence no. or understanding yeah. it's just really needing to have some of the inspiration and then some of the training mm-hmm. and that can be really great for opening up huge markets and you know such great potential just imagine if we have so many more people educated so many more people understanding what they can do mm-hmm. and then setting them loose to make great things happen right now i'll give you one example that is very you know um personally very touching for me um is a kid you know who said well i don't want to learn math etc right i want to do um i want to you know build these computers right now how do you tell this kid that for you to do this what you need math to do is, is you know yeah. Go, yeah. go that route yeah. and you know to be able to connect those dots and to be able to inspire people mm-hmm. and then help them you know uh, with that that path i think is you know is very fulfilling so i think that's what that's so we are trying to be very practical about this and well and, and i think that that's the the real virtue of some of the work i mean you're sort of saying what we need you know what we are is a we understand technology we understand the importance what we need to do is just bring that to to other people and and then and, and that's what i really like your image of this sort of getting them to understand the opportunities and then you can bring the employees in mm-hmm. to bring in their skills and knowledge so it's a it's really nice because it's a very very integrated approach yeah. right. right and i'm i'm curious so this is you were selected as the 2017 mid-market social impact award congratulations thank you so what advice do you have we've got a minute left here in our segment what advice do you have for other you know ceos here at the ceo connection mid-market convention about how they should be thinking about impact with hopes that they too can someday be the mid market social impact award winner yeah i think the first advice uh, you know or, or any yeah, uh, sort of uh, insight that i can share is that most times it seems like you know when you're running so fast with your business sort of seems like you know well hey not now later maybe when i you know when we make enough money and then we'll mm. do charity ah. but but i think if you embrace it 
it actually does wonders in building a character you know inside the company yeah. great like, there is advice. a huge business yeah. case for yeah. that thank you for joining us um, and so want to again thank all of our guests we have plenty of them also to thank our program director Patty Hall our sound engineer Danielle Bruno and our producer Matt Datz I'm Cheryl Kuhlman with Sandy Hunt and you've been listening to Dollars and Change on Business Radio powered by the Wharton School for more insight from Business Radio, please visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu. Thank you.